Coming to you from the red, white, and blue. You're now tuned into the number one crypto podcast on the planet. This is Crypto Conquest, discussing everything cryptocurrency and the evolution of financial systems to the blockchain. Now, here's your host, John Wingate. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Crypto Conquest. I'm your host, John Wingate. And this morning I have with me Marcus Chenhitha from Dubai. We were on his podcast last week and had a great time uh, conversing. And so wanted to get him on our podcast so we can continue the conversation. Welcome, Marcus. Hey, John. Thank you for having me at the Crypto Conquest. Absolutely. Glad to be here, man. Thanks oh, so yeah, much. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Kind of a chill yeah. day today. We got some good news to talk about. We got some bad news to talk about and everything in between. We're going to cover it all today here on The Conquest. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start by giving us a quick intro, Marcus, uh, You know how you got into crypto, what you're focusing on now, just so we kind of understand where your perspective is coming from. Now, uh, actually, that's a great question, uh, especially someone who's uh, from Dubai, moved to the States, and how I found out about crypto was actually yeah. true uh, of all uh, of all uh, places was politics, actually. Uh, Interesting. I, yeah, I, I, well, I'll just keep it short. I actually uh, found, learned about Bitcoin through one of my libertarian friends. And that, that and just, you know, uh, that's how it actually started, really. So, but uh, what Those I'm damn libertarians, right now, gotta love them. I know, <laughs> just gun, just uh, especially libertarians from Texas. They're all about gun oh, violence, the, freedom. You know, that's it. That's all they are about, right there. You're, you're absolutely yeah. Right. You know, so you know, I'm just like you know, just, just a just a regular dude from Dubai. Like, man, this uh, this thing is. I mean, Texas is something else, you know. But uh, somehow, I fell in love with the Lone Star State, and next thing you know, like, you good I'm a and next thing I know, I'm just like, you know, like, you know, calling the revolution of 1776, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how I actually started. So, I mean, it is a long story, but uh, just for how I start, how it started. Yeah, that that's how it is. So uh, when did you get into I, I know we were talking about it on your show the other day, but I did most of the talking. You were gracious. When did you get started, like timeline wise? I know you said that you kind of got into it and got out of that or got out of it for, you know, kind of back and forth a little bit um maybe give us a little bit of perspective on how long you've been in it oh okay uh well initially uh i was i got i, I got into bitcoin through one of my friends who was uh into poker and of if, if if any, I, I'm, I'm sure the American audience will know this gentleman by the name of uh, Harry Reid. He's the U.S. congressman from Nevada. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he represents the Nevada game, I guess, the gaming commission or whatever. So he put this ruling out that, uh, uh, how do you say, online poker, you know, you cannot, ex they, uh, they can't get, they can't have access to U.S. dollars. So how the only way, you know, poker players actually liquidate their profits or their gains or whatever was for Bitcoin. So that is how I kind of got through, through my friends. But uh, yeah, yeah. But um, j just to let the audience know, I'm a horrible poker player. So I <laughs> gave up pretty fast. So 
Uh, so it, it so because uh, I mean. I, I was just horrible. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I. I. I, I try to get it. You know. You know. Step in a little bit, but I, I didn't go all in. So. Um, <laughs> the but, proverbial all in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't do that. I'm, some other people did, and they. I mean, they did extremely well, but uh, they were functionally crazy. So <laughs> that's a whole. That's uh, a whole different story, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, how I. But when I'm. When was that? When did you get it? When did you get in? What time? Yeah. Oh, what timeline was this? When it was actually around um, I, I, around two, uh, 2016, actually. That's when, like, uh, oh, okay, so I'm, pre- pretty I, early. Because on, I'm a pretty early adopter. No, yeah, but 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 here's the thing: like, uh, the this my situation. I, I'm sure it's similar to many other people too. Um. I guess my story is I, I didn't ha- I didn't have enough uh, how do you say savings. I, I, it was a time where uh, I guess in my life things were kind of bad or whatever. But I, I made a decision that it was a time I was broke. But I made a decision. You know what? The next bull run, I'll have enough funds. I will you know uh, be in a position to you know like you know capitalize. Yeah. 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 Capitalize. So. Uh, I remember it was sort of a, a emotional moment for me because I saw, you know, I was I guess the few people in Dubai who saw the potential what cryptocurrencies can do and what uh, the ramp the future ramifications, you know. So I remember a lot of people, even some of my friends and family, were looking at me like all oh, crazy, like what's all this, you know, crypto stuff. And they hear all the bad news, and you know, uh, and it's a lot of. Uh, yep. People who tend to be very uh, negative focus kind of deal. Yeah, oh, very oh, negative. Yeah, 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 a lot yeah. of aspects. Oh, so, uh, uh, so I had a little taste of being a little bit, uh, kind of like a pariah in some <laughs> in some sense, you know, like the beardo. But uh, uh, but you know, right now I, I, I feel uh, they're all envious of you right now. They're like, man, you know, wish we would have got in early, huh? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people tell, oh, it's too late and stuff. But honestly, we're so early. We're so early, and I, I. But my favorite statement is, "The best is yet to come." Oh yeah, really, absolutely. The I best agree, is yet to come. Yep. And uh, it, I mean, it is evolving. So I, I, I think also if you're in this space, even your character, your personality, your belief has evolved to a point where uh, you can handle the lows and highs you know what i mean so you have uh, to, it's a right character now. it's a character building experience for me absolutely and i'm sure even for you and many other people oh, yeah. so yeah Oh yeah, I think I think it's yeah, building so. character of a lot of people, and it's really introducing people to to financial literacy in ways that the existing mm-hmm. institutions just can't do. It puts you puts you in control of your financial literacy, right? Because it is such a new space, yeah. and there's so much evolution going on. Um, you know, really, people are having to step in and take their own. Uh, financial future into their control. Whereas in the existing systems, you've got brokers and brokerages, and you've got a set of financial tools available to you. Those tools are just now being built out. Those, those ecosystems are just now being built out. Uh, Speaking of the next bull run that you said you wanted to get in on, let's talk about what happened today in the markets uh, just a few hours ago. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but you were telling me something interesting in our pre-run-up. Tell me, tell me about this Huobi, what you, what you heard about that going on. Oh no. uh, I I have this good friend of mine. uh, uh, 
he uh, he works for Microsoft, but he's based over here in the Middle East. So uh, we got in touch with, uh, you know, long like long time ago, but he did tell me about uh, this exchange called Huawei. Uh, it's an exchange. And there was a, it was the largest single liquidation or order of over $44 million. And in the past 24 hours, there's uh, 332,266 traders were liquidated. Wow. Uh, so, and that, yeah, so that's, that's man, the last. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, it. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just about to say, like, uh, it, it, you know, especially some like pretty stoic in their approach and stuff. But they're like, man, this is kind of scary because you know there's no short position and that kind of deal. So it's uh, it, it's just kind of it, it was a nice thing. And I, I just remembered, like, maybe a couple of hours ago, I was looking at my uh, my wallet. I mean, the numbers were high, but next thing you know, I'm seeing like red you know like it's bleeding you know so yeah i mean i I was Uh, i was i was actually on another podcast during the moment we were doing this and i was talking with them and you know i just happened to have because we were talking about uh the markets in general i just happened to have them up and you know i literally watched them drop 20 percent in front of my eyes and was like whoa you know what happened but the fact that you're telling me that 44 million dollars just on huobi with three hundred sixty-two thousand, yeah. you know, people or through three hundred sixty-two thousand different wallets or different accounts doing that, just to me yeah. seems like this was a coordinated, um, a coordinated, you know, I won't call it attack, but de- definitely a market manipulation that was coordinated, probably across many exchanges. I think one of the things that people don't understand too often is that there's a certain liquidity challenge, um, and people understand this. People who are into the crypto space deeply, yeah. especially if you have forty-four million dollars across, you know, accounts, you, you you spread that out so that you don't have a liquidity challenge of of breaking one single bank. Right? It's like the run on the banks. But um, yeah, this morning's uh, moves were definitely interesting, and I it was interested to hear about the Huobi. I didn't I didn't know about that. But what are your thoughts on where it goes from here? I mean, I know you're not the oracle of crypto, but neither am I. Oh, so we're just kind of no, talking no, no. here, but what do you think is going to happen I, I, in the next day? Oh, two days? I mean, I, I'm just, well, I mean, I mean, personally for me, I, I feel it might go way more down. Uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just throwing some, I guess currently right now, it's what, uh, $47,000 for one BTC. It went down to 44 though. So it's, it's uh, oh, it hit okay. a bottom and it came back up pretty quickly. Yeah. I think, I think Ethereum went down to 3150 at, at its lowest BNB went down to uh, 30, uh, 395 and Bitcoin went down to 44 or, you know, just, just at 44,000. Um, and they've since rebounded a little bit, but I don't think that's always a, a definitive sign in the markets, right? There could be orders that yeah. were hanging out there that people were like, Oh, you know, crap, <laughs> you know, either I need to buy or cancel my order. Some of them go through, it brings the market back up, but it's never a definitive move up or down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I know. I, I just, I know. I, I just have a, I, I guess a, a funny feeling. I know it's not a, uh, I feel it might touch again, like say 42 and a half, I guess. Who knows? Uh, 
So no, because you, it just got caught. You feel like we're going to have another surprise. fall down to 42? Yeah, it, it'll be like a sharp fall, but um, but uh, I, I do expect like maybe like the later on, it, it, it will bounce up quite high, though. You know, so. I mean, I, th- I think so, so that, too. What my prediction was, you know, about about three weeks ago on one of my podcasts, I had a prediction that. September was going to be a, a, I wasn't expecting the end of August to make the run up. It did to be quite frank. What I was expecting yeah. was August would be, you know, August would see some nice gains, you know, Ethereum at 3,500, right. 3,600 Bitcoin, you know, up to close to 50, but it just broke through that. I was uh, expecting September because historically September is not really a great month for trading as you go into the fourth quarter, just in general markets and, and uh, you know, in right. the crypto market. And I was expecting it to make a little bit of a pullback. I actually, I actually thought it would be around this area for September. So I'm, I'm surprised that it went up as high as, as it did and has now dropped, but I was expecting it to be at this level through most of September with the run-up not starting until mid-October. And then I think we see a, a really, a, a, one of the run-ups that we haven't seen in a long time where um, we're not only breaking new all-time highs, but the amount of money that's coming into the systems is just incredible. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I, no, I think it's spot on. I, I do agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. So, so with that, you know, I mean, we're, we're also looking at, um, you know, where this money's flowing and where it's coming from and who's, you know, what, what governments, because at the end of the day, it comes down to governments really adopting. And I know that I've seen a lot of recently in Dubai specifically, I've seen a lot of um, moves towards having a, a more um, open framework for crypto. And I know you're, you're deep into the Dubai scene and would love to get your thoughts on how kind of the Middle East and more generally uh, or more specifically rather Dubai is taking that head on. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, no, definitely. Uh, uh, just today, uh, I just came back from I, I guess what's called the Dubai Blockchain uh, Conference. It's hosted by this company called Vertex Events. So, uh, so yeah, uh, one thing for sure I can tell you is, especially Dubai in particularly. Uh, or I would say the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, they do have this thing called the blockchain, their blockchain strategy. So, and then especially in Dubai, they are focused on using blockchain technology. And, you know, whether it comes to like immigration or oh, wow. you know, so, data so storage. Not just financially, we're talking about blockchain integrated into normal aspects yeah, of it, our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, de- definitely. Uh, especially, I know like the the Dubai rulers, the Maktoum family. Um, they they what they do is they create a mandate for these different departments to adopt certain technologies uh, within a certain uh, time period. You know, so uh, all these uh, heads and all these different uh, departments, like say your the immigration department, your economic department, even also like the you know our our version of the DMV you know they have to adopt certain aspects of you know blockchain or AI or machine learning to basically improve the services you know so and they also get graded too so uh, if they do well 
you know, they get a lot of praise, they get a lot, lot of recognition and, you know, benefits and stuff. And those who don't, uh, don't perform well, well, you know, you're going to have a, a, a quite an interesting meeting with, you know, the higher ups, you know, so um, which is quite different than what you see like in India or other places or like in the US or in the Western world, you know, so um, like uh, so yeah, uh, so you, you uh, you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of uh, uh, a lot of interesting projects that's coming in, and especially in this time of the year, um, they are going big time because uh, because of the Expo twenty twenty. So, hmm. uh, but uh, what is the Expo twenty twenty? The Expo twenty twenty is just basically kind of like a uh, this six month. Uh, I guess what do you call it? like a symposium where they are attracting tourists from all over the world and every country is uh, these, a lot of countries are participating, setting up all these different country pavilions, showcasing the best of the country, you know, uh, whether it be like in technology or culture or food or um, a lot of like, you know, tech stuff, like for a good, ex- I'll give you a good, good example would be like, say Estonia, now, Estonia, they're setting up, setting up a big pavilion where they're showcasing their digital transformation, you know, like how they have uh, attracted a lot of the, the best crypto entrepreneurs, blockchain, you know, evangelists, you know, setting up all these uh, uh, futuristic plans, what they're going to do in Estonia. So it's kind of like a, a, a showcase for the future. So each is country this is bring up their own ideas. Is the government uh, supporting this or or maybe not supporting it, but, but funding it? Like, is it government funded? Is it government supported? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's coming from the, what do you say, the, the Dubai government. And oh, then wow. also other countries all around, uh, around the world too. You know, they're also putting their money in as well because uh, this is a, uh, because the expo is all about, you know, showcasing the best of what each country has to offer, you know, so you'll see Saudi Arabia, for example, Saudi Arabia, I mean, they are trying to, uh, they have this, this be- uh, a beautiful pavilion where they're wow. working on uh, like these, uh, uh, like this large scale hydroponic kind of stuff, you know, that is growing the desert kind of deal. So a lot of, it's not just blockchain, it's also got AI, you got also like the best of green tech. You know, the United States is there too. I mean, they're, they're going to showcase some of their Wait, space wait, wait, tech. wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that on one front, the United States is saying that, and I'm talking specifically about the SEC, the United States is saying that every crypto is a security, but on the other hand, you have them coming into places like Dubai, trying to take advantage as a country of it, this seems a bit hypocritical to me. Oh no, 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 no! I'm talking about the the expo. But but I mean, is is the country of the United States itself coming in there, or are you talking about companies or businesses or ideas from the United States is coming? Because the way I understood I, I it was, you like said gum, it's more like a government. Uh, I, I think it's like a like a public and a private sector kind of deal. Like wow, participation. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that the United States takes it. I mean, we talked about this on our last podcast. I'm hopeful that the United takes States takes a um, more, um, what's the word here? Um, like like a positive kind of. Well, a, a smarter. Let's 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 put them in a little bit of a, a buckle here and say that 
smarter approach to doing this. You know, positive is one thing, but really it needs, it needs smart legislation to be put behind it. Like you can be happy as you want, but at the end of the day, if the legislation that goes in is prohibitive and restrictive, you know, places like Dubai, places like, um, you know, Switzerland, Singapore, these types of places that are taking the challenge of moving to crypto head on, because it's going to happen, right, Marcus, both you and I. Agree. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, sure, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, I'll tell you what. We uh, we just had this guest. Uh, uh, I, uh, I can't remember the guy's name right at the moment, but uh, his, his name is uh, Sub- Subish. He he's actually uh, an he used to be an, one of the executive directors at the World Bank, and plus he was the ex finance secretary of India. So wow. uh, one of one of uh, our the, the MC uh, his name is Maru Patel. Um, he's he's kind of like a well-known uh, blockchain figure here in Dubai. So he, he so he told him you know to kind of challenge him about now you're not working for uh, a government entity. What is your uh, your opinion about cryptocurrencies or you know like decentralization and all that stuff? So so the, so the guy was pretty open. He said he he is a positive about you know decentralization and stuff. But he also talked about you know how the governments, how they react to cryptocurrencies and, you know, decentralized finance and stuff, you know? So a lot of times, you know, uh, they, many of these bureaucrats, they don't really, some of them don't understand it or there's others, they kind of fear it, you know, kind of deal. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, again, yeah. But which is is rightly said word because the fear does play a role and in, uh, which kind of like slows them from adopting things, you know. Uh, I think a good example is uh, cloud computing. Like maybe more than a decade ago, none of these government agencies or even big corporates uh, were in favor of cloud computing because it could take away, especially the middle management guys, like they would be scared of, you know, this new tech stuff that will replace them and all that stuff, you know. Well, and they have but, to learn yeah, so, it, right? They have to learn Yeah, yeah. They don't want to learn. Yeah. They love their, they're set in their ways. They love their old ways. <laughs> yeah. And also another good point, what he said, I think you might uh, agree. He said that like, uh, like a lot of times, like government officials or the bureaucrats, like, like in, whether in India or the United States, um, they, they're not future oriented, you know, that's, uh, so they, they always think of the present and, you know, try to, uh, I guess, appease their, the masses or the constituents. I mean, depending on you know what level, national level or state level. I agree. So uh, I agree. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think good example if you look at the United States too. I mean, uh, I mean, politically, you know, it's. It, it, I mean, this. I guess you know the politicians see on a short term basis. You know, they don't. They don't uh, look. You know, twenty or thirty or forty years from now. You know, like uh, that. That. Ne- they don't do that. <laughs> could it be, could it be Marcus? Because, and this is no, you know, I'm not being negative here or, or you know, mm-hmm. putting them in a bad position, but is it because they're 70 years old and 60 years old and they really, you know, sub psychologically, subconsciously, they don't see the need to look out 40 years, right? Maybe they want a good thing for their, for their family, but they're looking at the here and now and they're saying, look, it's comfortable. 
we're here. I don't have time to go learn about cryptocurrency and make the right decision. You know, the lobbyists are all, mm-hmm. who you know, they're telling me not to do it because it, you know, of course they're lobbying for their existing uh, institutions. Uh, and really blockchain has the effect. I think you made a point earlier in our conversation that it, it's, it, you know, it's not just finance. These systems, these blockchain systems will affect and will become a part of everything we do, potentially from voting to, like you said, um, immigration, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. supply chain logistics. It doesn't just have to be financial. And so you see all these people around the world saying, oh, man, uh, you know, lobbyists and the and the governing bodies. But I think that one one thing that we always look at when we look at things politically is it's going to take a fresh set of eyes on new new technologies and new ideas more than the technology is really an idea um, before we get the type right. of legislation that we need because it's funny that you're talking about this guy from the world bank there was also one of the existing sec that the guy who just left actually he uh he's joined like five or six blockchain companies as, as advisors so the head of the sec the the former head of the sec has left the SEC and is now advising five or six blockchain startups, uh, you know, potentially on how to circumnavigate, you know, the world stage on regulatory issues. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. uh, I I, I think, uh, but I guess, I guess it kind of makes sense though, you know, because, uh, but like a, a, good, a good example would be uh, Binance, because I remember they got this one guy, I think he, I, I don't know whether it was Binance or some other company, but the um, thing is that it, it would be smart for these blockchain companies to hire some of these guys to be the, the head of legal advice or whatever, because I, I guess they can, they understand how, you know, the bureaucracy works, you know? So... Uh, because that that's a whole nother i don't know it's i mean to personally to me it's sort of like a labyrinth and i also like the point where you mentioned about uh i, I guess the general the generational difference with some of the i guess you know our congressmen or you know uh, members of parliament uh i i know i i think there's some truth to it maybe because of the age difference also the way they view the world because you know each generation has a different worldview. Uh, but the only way for them to change their mind is maybe uh, coming from us. Uh, because I, I remember some other, one of the corporate guys was talking about, you know, a lo- lot of times, you know, they they feel all this new stuff, especially like, you know, blockchain and how uh, it could change. It could be a game changer and stuff. So, yeah, there definitely there's a there's a what do you say like the fear side, but also they need to realize too that it could also save a lot of money, a lot of time, and you could divert, you know, valuable resources for other things too, you know. So um, I, I think it requires a you know a bet I guess from our side to you know uh, to work on our messaging and all that stuff, but uh, but that's gonna. Uh, again, take some time, you know. So uh, we also have to understand too, like uh, whether it's the bureaucracy, in, like in India or Southeast Asia or also in the West, uh, they tend to operate slow <laughs> at times, you know. So yeah, they they do. I, I have no problem with 
with them operating slow, I think it's good. It's, it's definitely better than operating fast. I mean, you know, the problem with laws is that once they're set, they're very difficult to, um, unset. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I, I think, agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. So if, if they're going to put laws in place, definitely, you know, taking their times, doing it in a manner that's, um, you know, forth looking forward and making sure that we're not painting ourselves into a corner. Because again, once laws are in place, you see what happens. These people say, no, we just passed that, you know, two years ago, let's pass another thousand laws this year. You know, let's not go back and fix the stuff that's broken. Let's just keep layering on top of it. And that's my, that's one of my biggest concerns with any legislation period, not just blockchain legislation is that when it goes into play and it hasn't been vetted. And I know that these people think they're properly vetting stuff, but it's funny. You get bills that five people write in the dark of night that turn out to be thousands and thousands of pages and yeah. they, they drop them on people's desks and say, you have a vote in three hours. And th this is the type of, you know, let's call it just mistake that we continue to revisit time after time. And then when you put the, you know, it's one thing to do that for gun laws, which have been, you know, guns have been around since you know, with a wild mm -hmm. West and true, true. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we understand them. We understand what's going on, but blockchain, we don't, nobody understands it. I mean, there are very few people around the world that understand it. Let me not say nobody. And it's most of the time, not politicians. So, and they're just not doing the listening and the learning that needs to be done. They're just reacting to lobbyists and to, you know, the, the, the highest bidder, most of the time, banking systems and financial systems. And uh, it, it just turns out to, you yeah. know, it's going to win anyway. I think the cool thing about, about, about blockchain is that no matter what gets done with the exception of turning off the internet, literally uh, it's going to, it's going to proliferate. You can't stop it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can throw, I mean, they, 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 they can try to put some obstacles and all that stuff, but, uh, but let me give you also like a bigger picture, you know, like say like, you know, the United States tries, you know, to put all these stupid laws or whatever to you know restrict cryptocurrencies and all that stuff um if one country tries to put all these restrictions there'll be other countries that will compete and they will open up like your singapore's your um your, your you know your dubai's your i mean there are other uh, other cities too i mean like they're opening up free zones and uh, yep. jurisdictions that'll, you know, allow, you know, for, because they, they you know, like uh, it's not just money, like Dubai, they're not just, they, they just don't want just your money. They want you to come. They want you to bring your expertise, your excellence, you know, and, you know, like basically, you know, uh, now we are in a situation where you can go where you're treated best, you know, yeah, it's worldwide community. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So, and and also, uh, it, I mean, even also with all this taxation and all that stuff. I mean, uh, with, with the right kind of people legally doing it right and stuff. I mean, uh, I mean, you could like, what do you say? Uh, like, you know, live in one place, incorporate in another place. You know, uh, you know, plant flags in different places and stuff. And you know, like. Uh, I mean, like you could increase your wealth and at the same time too, you can also like uh, develop new talent and stuff and grow your team. And 
uh, I mean, like, I mean, the possibilities are endless and, you know, especially with uh, blockchain and other technologies, like, especially blockchain, I believe will lead the charge. Like, uh, it's going to be hard for a lot of the bureaucrats and regulators to stop it, really, you know? So uh, I personally believe there's going to be competitions between countries and stuff, you know? It's already so, happening. Well, let's let's that's a perfect segue into the, to our one of our last things to talk about here, which is governments now getting into a, a position where not only do they accept that crypto will be a part of their economy, but they're making it their economy, i.e. El Salvador today buying oh, a yeah. uh, 20.5 million dollars of bitcoin. I think that was part of the dump we saw was people reacting to uh the news, right? What do they say buy mm-hmm. the rumor, sell the news. Um right, so, yeah. you know, so I think that mm-hmm. we start to see governments not only and the IMF came out and said, you know, uh El Salvador, you're doing the wrong thing. You don't know what you're doing and El Salvador basically said uh yeah, we don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, just to let you know, look, I, I, I'm a like, uh, like, I really do not care about what the World Bank has to say or IMF and all. Like, to me, uh, they could take a hike. All right. Uh, l- l- <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> let me just be, you know, clear about it. Like, at this moment, you know, like, they can talk uh, bad about El Salvador or they do the wrong thing and all that stuff. Who knows? They may be doing the wrong thing, maybe doing the right thing. But at least what I like about especially smaller countries, you know, they're trying to take action. They're trying to yes. do things, you know, like they're trying to I'm change sure their world some, for the better. Yeah. And I'm sure this, there'll be politics and all that stuff. But but still then, um, like to me, it's just, the, you know, it, it's just the beginning of the things to come Cuba coming into the picture. You, you know, there's a lot of conversations that's happening in South America and stuff. So um, I think Africa's starting to have a lot of conversations as well. Um, you start to see, uh, yeah. I mean, right? Africa, like as a continent, all these different countries and stuff. Um, I I personally believe there's going to be incredible, incredible growth uh, from those places. Uh, one is because. Uh, I guess in a couple, uh, in a decade or two, like the largest uh, young population is going to come from the African continent. So, yep. I mean, you add that with, you know, see a lot of these guys, I mean, they are hungry. They, you know, like they are entrepreneurial. They are yep, also very smart. educated. Yep, yep. Like especially all these guys from Ghana, Nigeria. I mean, like they got a lot of PhD people and they also got money too. I mean, yes, they might be, a lot of people say they're, they are poor countries. Actually, they are poorly managed countries. I Correct. mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of private jets who are hitting up Nigeria, especially uh, Lagos. Oh, bro, these guys got bank. I mean, these guys are rolling. Like, it, it, it's just that they're poorly managed. So, well, it's not. It, it's- with- it's not poorly managed. It's more corruptly managed. You know, the, the, the people make all this money, they have all these dollars and then the currency gets devalued. And that's what we're seeing with crypto is the unpegging Mm -hmm. of corruptness to a single, uh, you know, to a, to a locally managed financial system. And now we're going to a globally managed financial system that's managed by the people that participate in it. That's the exciting thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I yeah, because uh, I, I remember what, like, I think what end of last year, uh, uh, I, I think when Bitcoin hit sixty thousand dollars in Nigeria, it was selling at eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, because I mean the the Nigerian, I think with the Naira, I mean it was like, I mean it was going down. So like, but they they couldn't trust their their, their own currency and. Even even the the Niger, so many of the Nigerian politicians, and also coming from the Nigerian central bank, I mean, these guys are talking about uh, they were accusing you know Bitcoin for dropping the value of uh, of their <laughs> currency. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's I been mean, happening for hundreds of years, and now they're blaming. It's kind of like what they did oh. with Trump. They've been you know poorly managing, and then Trump comes in and they blame him for all the problems in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know. That's what, oh man, that's a whole another story. It you is. Know, but we don't have to go. They down just that love route. to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another time. But I, 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 but I love all this, like you know, the controversial stuff. But as far I, I do, I don't know. But like, what is this guy talking about? You know. But they just don't want to admit the fact that these central bankers or whatever they are inflating away like crazy. You know. So I mean, let's see, the Nigerians they know very well about. I mean, about inflation and stuff. I mean, they could see their brothers in Zimbabwe suffer through like, you know, 10 years yep. ago, or 15 yep. years ago. So they're like, uh, no, we're going to move all our wealth, all our money into like Dubai or, you know, move, uh, move our money to like the UK or some other places, you know, like go where they're treated best, you know, go to jurisdictions that will welcome them, that will, you know, like uh, protect their money, protect their, you know, uh, their status and all that stuff. So, you know, uh, so that it, it, it's not going to just happen with you know with Nigeria. It's also happening in other countries as well too. Oh, all so over the world, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, just to go back to you know the IMF. I mean, the IMF also. I mean, they they write all these opinion papers or the working papers. You know, talking about cryptocurrencies or certain countries. I remember uh, there's this guy. His name is Andrew Henderson. He's known as the nomad capitalist. So he runs a conference. It's all about secondary citizenship and taxation and uh, what do you say? Um, Like a lot of residency kind of stuff. But he had the opportunity to meet with the former president of Georgia. Uh, many years ago, Georgia was kind of like, you know, Romania and other Eastern European countries, you know, very communist, you know, bureaucratic and stuff. But this particular guy, I cannot... I can't remember his name because he has a long kind of like a like a Russian kind of name, so I, I won't I won't go there. But <laughs> don't try. <laughs> I can't I, I can't even I can't even pronounce. I mean, uh, barely I can pronounce my last name. So I mean, <laughs> struggle is real. The struggle is real. But what this gentleman did was he's he's actually quite the libertarian kind of guy because uh, he, uh, he he's kind of like a he has you know Milton Friedman. And uh, F.A. Hayek, you know, the, like the Austrian school of economics kind of uh, uh, education, you know. So it, basically what he did was he tried to remove a lot of the bureaucracy and stuff. So basically it, it, it created a situation where the country, like the entrepreneurship, the, like the regular people, they were building up their own small businesses. They are able to have income mobility and all that stuff. So uh, and like the IMF stated that, oh, you know, what you're doing is wrong. You need taxation. You need to do this. You need to do that. But, you know, but they don't want to admit that he was correct, you know. So um, Eastern Europe, like Serbia, 
like Georgia, we've got like Macedonians, uh, uh, Montenegro, uh, those places too. You know, the, the, the cost of living is low. They have great talent. And also they're working on ways to attract more capital into that particular region, you know? Yep, I agree. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so uh, It's big so, yeah, moves right I, now. Big moves, yeah. And especially if you're like a crypto blockchain entrepreneur, uh, I, I, I think uh, anyone, especially working in that space, uh, they're going to be received really well because there's going to be a demand for, you know, that kind of talent and technology and and, and expertise. So, um, I mean, that's, I think that's, uh, I, I mean, you're going to, you're going to see uh, a lot of these countries are going to be competing, especially the smaller countries. They're going to be challenging some of these bigger countries and all these countries which are part of the OECD, which is some, uh, I forgot, it's a, it's a uh, basically it's all your big countries or whatever. They all talk about taxation, all that stuff. They're going to be jealous of all these small countries and they're going to try to impose their, their rules and stuff. Uh, the smaller countries are going to fight back. You know, they're going to be like, uh, they're going to be accumulating a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of other altcoins. They're going to have our own, you know, sovereignty through blockchain technologies, you know, so yeah, it's be an no, interesting ride. It, it, it is an interesting ride. I, I think you're exactly right that there are a lot of people moving um, right now uh, to these smaller, but, you know, really smaller doesn't mean anything in today's day and age. You know, it's really where, where do most of the people want to be? Because you can be around the world, just like me and you are in two different parts of the world. But if we get enough people to come together, it doesn't matter if the entity is based out of Estonia or out of Latvia or out of Liechtenstein or whatever place it's, it's right. based out of if it's got a hundred thousand people following it and it's got a backbone of you know a, a billion dollar market cap and and all this liquidity it doesn't matter where it's at that's power that's power and so mm -hmm. i i agree with you that it's going to be a very interesting next you know six months to a year as we see some of these uh changes come down the pipe i'm really excited to see what happens out of the xrp case you know left or right mm -hmm right or wrong or, you know, win or lose, it's going to set the stage for some, for some moves to happen. And, and I agree with you that let's just say, for example, XRP loses, you're going to see an exodus from the United States of capital, probably like you've never seen oh. before. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not things that I'm not worried about the, the money side. I mean, I mean, to me, uh, what I worry about is the talent, the, the brilliant Americans out there, you know, many of these guys, you know, I mean, they were there from the beginning, like when it comes to all these advanced technologies and stuff, look, they're, they're going to be thinking like, wait a minute, this is ridiculous. Well, look at you Hodgkin's, know? look at Hodgkinson, you know, he's, he's in, yeah. he's in, uh, uh, Hong Kong, you know I mean? He's, he's mm -hmm. living out of the United States, but he's not doing his business out of the United States. So they lost, you know, right. they're losing people that don't want to do business in the United States anymore. And I think the, the U S is being, you know, there's one of two things going on here. Either they're being short-sighted and they just don't see it, or they're doing it on purpose to redistribute wealth. You know, one, maybe we can, yeah. we can, you know, applaud uh, because it won't really matter at the end of the day, if you're in these ecosystems, they're going to be worldwide anyway. But if it's just being short-sighted, I think they need to reevaluate and reconsider what's going on. I'm, I'm excited because I'm part of the Texas Blockchain Council. We've got Senator Ted Cruz, who's very, very, um, he's mm -hmm. leading the forefront on saying, 
you know, he's being open and honest saying, we don't understand it yet. So we need to step back, talk to the experts, understand it, and then make a decision based on the facts instead of, you know, (laughs) writing something Mm -hmm. because our lobbyists told us it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that, uh, I'm I'm glad that, you know, you're part of the the Texas Blockchain Council. And it's also good to hear Ted Cruz, uh, what do you say, you know, just being open to, uh, what do you say, you know, like newer technology and trying to understand, trying to understand them. Because I mean, uh, like, if it's like other, if it was like, you know, the the other uh, politicians and all like, barely any of these guys even read some, you know, uh, read some of the draft papers and all that stuff, you know, like, um, uh, I know. So, but uh, I'm just hoping that, especially in Texas, you know, because I, I, I know like there is a, a, what do you say, a strong freedom culture. And also, I mean, like there, there have been many, actually many, uh, many Bitcoin blockchain conferences in like in Texas, especially at the Austin area and stuff. So, well, and um, mining after the China shutdown of miners, there have been more um, people from all over the world moving into Texas than anywhere else. And it comes back to, like you said, open freedom. Uh, Yeah. In your area where you used to be at up near the panhandle, uh, so many uh, uh, mining companies, rig companies are moving out there because you have a lot of things working for you. You got cheap, cheap land, cheap, cheap space to work mm-hmm. out of. You have probably the cheapest electricity and energy grid in the the entire world is in here in Texas. It's deregulated. Right. You can choose the cheapest version you want. Um, it's starting to become very crypto friendly. It's business friendly. Uh, it's very, you know, it, it's, it's a place where you don't have state taxes, for example. So it's really right. from a lot that, of yeah. perspectives. Yeah. From a lot of perspectives is becoming a great place for crypto companies to come. And and I'm excited to be here at the forefront of it and really excited to be, um, you know, part of the blockchain council. But uh, I think we're, we're just about out of time here. Uh, I really appreciate Marcus, you coming on. And I think we should continue to do this more often uh, and, and bounce oh, sure. what we're learning from our sides of the world with each other uh, and keep each other and the, the world at large briefed on how crypto is, uh, is uh, changing in the world and evolving in the world. I'll go ahead and give you the last thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I know. I just want to say, Hey, uh, I, I am, uh, first of all, just excited to just hear about, you know, the good things happening in Texas. You know, I mean, to me, Texas has always been like, like my second home. And that's, that's been my place, you know, uh, since I was 18. So it's been my, one of my, like my formative years, you know, Texas has played a big role. So it's really great to hear that. And I'm also excited to just uh, share things, share, you know, the good news that's happening here in Dubai. So you're definitely going to hear a lot of interesting stuff. But uh, but the next time when we're gonna meet, you know, have our uh, virtual meetup, definitely I will. Uh, how do you say? Uh, allocate or I guess you know break out some important stuff that's happening in Dubai. So there, I can uh, one thing I can guarantee that a lot of interesting blockchain stuff that's taking place. So uh, whether it's in you know in the financial space or even also healthcare too, there's some some uh, big developments that are taking place as well. So uh, all, all I can say is to, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, you know to your listeners and viewers and su- subscribers, the best is yet to come.
I agree. The best is yet to come. And I think that's a great way to head this, uh, head this out today is the best is yet to come. All the love, all the power. Thanks for joining the crypto contest. Yeah. We'll talk to you. And uh, Marcus, why don't you go ahead and tell them about the Cryptocosm uh, uh, podcast you have, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Cryptocosm is all about cryptos and blockchain. It's basically... Uh, to help educate and inspire people to, you know, learn about cryptos and and the blockchain-based technologies, how it's going to revolutionize our life. Uh, So, and plus it's all about increasing your financial confidence, raising your human capital and using cryptos and the blockchain to uh, spread economic and financial freedom to the whole world through one listen at a time. Thank you so much. Well, really enjoyed it. Thanks again, Marcus. We'll talk to you guys very soon. And wherever you're at in the world, you have a fantastic, wonderful day. All the love and all the power. This is John Wingate signing off from the Crypto Conquest. Thanks so much, Marcus.